What is up, everyone? Happy Monday. Happy end of February. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I hope your Monday is going really well. If you listen to us later on, I hope your week is going fantastic. Guys, I realized again this weekend, it's great to have a little bit of work and a little bit of fun on your weekend. I know if you don't know who Gene Simmons is, one of the main band members of KISS, he's big on working weekends because he looks at it and says you have two days every single weekend. you got 52 a year. That's 104 days that a lot of people aren't working that you have a chance to get ahead. But I think it's important to also have some fun so you get done with your weekend and you can look back and feel that you did something. You accomplished something great. And our guest today has accomplished a lot of things great. He's a good friend of mine. I'm so excited to talk with him and be able to share his story. He is the perfect example that if you think maybe it's too late in life to maybe change your mind and to kind of go a different direction, it is not. I don't care how old you are. You can always change and start and become successful at something else. He has more uh, letters after his name than anyone else that I know of before and after, a doctor, reverend, CTACC, PMO, OA, AFIS. We're going to dive into what all these mean. He did a different job for 20 years before becoming a host and becoming a professional organizer. Now he's one of the top professional organizers in the country. He is currently up for the Founders Award from the National Association of Productivity and Organization. Please... Welcome, my good friend, James Lott, Jr. Thank you. I just want, to, I want you to follow me around and give me an intro like that everywhere I go. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. I well, you it. deserve it. I mean, <laughs> literally, again, so we're talking about all these things. C-T-A-C, P-M-O, O-A, <laughs> A-F-I-S, and you have a, you're an you're a honorary doctorate. You're an ordained minister. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, so what we got C-T-A-C. What does that mean? <laughs> my C-T-A-C-C is my life coaching certification. Okay. P-M-O? That's a, a professional. Uh, it's a professional organizing organization. Okay, OA. That that is organizational. Um, oh my god, these are like why different ones? There's so many different ones. <laughs> There's I do. so many that so many you do. don't even know. There's like okay, so some of them are medical, some of them are organizing, some of them are life coaching. Okay, and then AFIS is that's actually uh, that's an ag and farm insurance specialist. Wow, literally, it, you do it all. After it all, just about. <laughs> that is incredible for you guys who want to be able to follow James on his journey. Through his ag, doctor, reverend, organization, everything that he does, all of his shows here that he does, you can follow him at James Lott Jr. on Instagram and Twitter, JR Jr. on Instagram, Jr. spelled out on Twitter. Someone has it. Ugh. And they have, like one, people, fo- they have one follower. Those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, they're not yeah, you, no matter not me. what their That's hashtag right. and Instagram <laughs> is. And you guys can follow me at the LEMC on Instagram and Twitter. Please. Tell a friend about the show. Subscribe, like, comment, spread some motivation and inspiration. That's what we want to do. Be yeah. able to help you live your best life. That's right. You you do something every single day, and I know we talked yes. about this uh, uh, maybe a couple months ago. You try to have something come out every day, mm-hmm. right? So, what's the yeah. thought behind behind that, or what do you have every single day? Um, what it is is uh, in this business, especially when you're trying to build a business and build a following and build um, kind of rapport with your followers. Mm-hmm. You want them to every day look for something from you. Mm. It's a thing of there's, there's places I go every morning. I don't know if you two that mm-hmm. I go. I check out certain sites or this I go to or certain people I go to every morning see what they're posting. Yes, and so that kind of gave the idea of kind of blanketing every week. I mean, all week long with something different that someone can come to and go. Oh, James talking about this organizing thing today. Tomorrow could be a life coaching thing. Thursday could be an interview with the president of, of my association. Friday could be a breaking into. Like it's, it's always, I want something coming out every single day 
that people can have a choice from, and also just get in the habit of checking me out. And I think it's important, too, as you're building your brand, mm-hmm. to be a brand, you have to have content. You have to have content, things that people content, can go content, to. Content, content, product, 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 <laughs> product, content, content. If, they don't, if you don't hear those two words in the, the rest of this interview, hear those two words, content and product. Those are two things that are so very important mm-hmm. in building your brand with people. Absolutely, and you know you do that. You, how many shows do you host here? And you host your radio show? Yes. Yeah, so I so currently right now, because I've actually trimmed some stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't do it all. <laughs> um, I try. He knows I try. He does. Um, I do try. Uh, no, I have. So right now, currently, I have three podcasts. Uh, one's a radio show, the Super Organizer Show, and then I do two podcasts: a lot of help, which is my life coaching mm-hmm. podcast, L O T T, based on his last, last name. name. That's right. And then Extra Connections, which mm-hmm. is another podcast where I talk about arts, music, culture. It's a, a connecting podcast where I connect you with ideas, places, things. Very nice. Very so those nice. are those are three things I do on my own. Then here at AfterBuzz, I do um, uh, the Wayne Coast Art After Show, which is on Mondays. Mm-hmm. And I do my own Breaking Into on Black Hollywood Live, yep. which is every week. Uh, and then I just do other various you know, interview shows here and there. Oh, my goodness. Crazy business. Like you said, you're having to trim back so much. And that's another thing I want to be able to talk about maybe yeah. later in the interview, talking about how to focus on something. That, you know, this is what you want to do. This is what you're doing. And sometimes you have to say no. And that's an important step. Yes. Everything you're doing should be something you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. It sounds so simple. It took me 40 years to get there. So, like, t- so talk about that, because we'll, we'll transition to that, because your life now, completely different than it was even 10, yeah. 15, 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Is that, do you look at that sometimes and, and think how different it is? Well, I do. I have recently, because I just made 10 years in the entertainment field, mm-hmm. and three years here at AfterBuzz last week. And Congratulations. Years, thank you. And three years of my radio show. So milestones will do that for you. Mm-hmm. And... My birthday's in a few months. I'm turning 49. I have no problem saying I'm turning 49. And that also brings me going, wow, nine years ago, I was unhappy with my life. And I was turning 40. And I remember my stomach was hurting every day that I went to work. I worked at a job that just was not working for me anymore, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was a high pain. I was making like 100000 a year with wow. benefits. Nine in the, years ago, too. Nine years ago. In San Francisco, one of the best in the country, had a great place to live. And I wasn't happy. So I actually learned money doesn't buy you happiness. I actually learned that. Um, my stomach hurt every day I went to work. And when I gave notice of that job, my stomach stopped hurting literally five minutes later. Just the and, freedom? Yep. Yeah, well, my thing was trust your gut. Hmm. My gut was saying, James, got was hurting. Job. It was hurting. Like it was literally hurting. So what did you do and how long were you doing that? Okay, so I was – I did this this job. I'm very proud of the job that I did, but mm-hmm. it's just a lot of work. Um, I was an insurance um, uh, insurance education specialist, and I handled all the CE for all the, the, the insurance agents of California and 30 other states. And I was also the event management director. So I ran 13 conferences. Wow. From – Site inspections of where the conference should be held at, to conference negotiation, to on-site, to, you know, I did everything. Post, pre, I mean, I was at the site doing the conferences, and I did that for um, eight years. And I was completely burnt out, and I needed assistance, <laughs> and I couldn't get it, they wouldn't give me assistance. And I liked the way I was being treated by the bosses. I think it's crazy, because, you know, people, maybe when they, they hear your story, they think, oh, well, it's something that, it wasn't a good job that he gave up. It wasn't something that had... 
uh, potential and was high paying and it was easy to leave. I, I, I bet, you know, starting out, you loved it. It was great. And it's still, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, you're making a lot of money. Oh, yeah. I lived high on a hog. I was like, <laughs> because in San Francisco, it's so expensive to live there. I used to have two or three jobs just to make it through. And when I got this job, that all went away. I had one job. So what were you two, what was like the two to three jobs? What were oh, you my God. Well, I was, I was a nurse for a while. Uh, I went to school for nursing. I was a nurse. Mm-hmm. LVM. I was also working at retail. I ran a retail store called Headlines. Hi, Headlines. I wish you guys were still there. <laughs> they were very famous, popular in San Francisco. Um, I also worked at a watch store. I used to repair watches. Mm. I, mean, I, did, I, mean, I did anything. I did all yeah. kinds of stuff. Uh, waiter. I was a waiter for a while. Um, I did all kinds of stuff. Anything that, that you, like you said, when you have to get by... Right. You got to do what you got to do. We're at a video store. At Gramophone Video, they're gone too now. They're all gone, <laughs> of course. Uh, we used to fight Blockbuster all the time. It was around the corner. I'm like, we hate Blockbuster. We're the mom and pop yeah, store. Yeah, you guys drove them out of business. Yes. Right? Take credit for that. Yes. Somebody has so to. So I did all kinds of jobs that because uh, I was raising kids and just trying to live in San Francisco. So I was like doing jobs that I could do, but none of them were my passion. I mean, mm-hmm. none of them were my passion. And then, so when this job came, this offer came to be this kind of big shots be a director like a director or something I, what does that mean um, and it was fun at first and it was really enjoyable but it, again it wasn't my passion insurance was not my passion yeah and I used to watch my bosses and everybody talking about insurance like they could they just devoured it every day every insurance article and I mean I was competent and I did my job and I did. I got my AFIS, which I, I can talk about you know uh, turkey ranches and car and cranberry bogs and I can talk about all that kind of stuff <laughs> But it was like it wasn't my passion. I was so envious of them. Like, how they find their passion? Like, how they find that? Insurance is their passion. I was just kind of just kind of skating along. How many people do you think are in that in a position? Oh, like that? I'll say ninety percent of people out there. Ninety. I think ninety percent of people out there are not doing what they want to be doing. They're not. Wow. Because of fear. Because of fear. Basically, just fear. I mean, and and the fear could go into all kinds of things. Like, I got kids, I got this. Yeah. There, but there's so many stories of people who have kids and who have this, and, and they do what mm-hmm. they're going to be doing. It's just it's you. You're stopping yourself from doing it. So, what was the change? What was? Yeah, how long were you feeling this? I got to do something else. I got to get out. Six months prior to my no, my notice. Okay. Uh, about six months, I started feeling this job really isn't for me, and I started actually actively. My first response to things usually is, I want to try to fix it. I mean, you know, a lot of us men are fixers. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. We fix things. That's, mm-hmm. that's a natural thing. Um, when I found out I couldn't fix it, and nothing was going to change. How were you? Tr- were you trying to fix it? Yeah. How? Can I get, a, can I get an assistant? Can I get two assistants? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just work these kind of days. Can I, I try to work with them on altering the schedule a little bit. Maybe I won't go yeah. to that conference. Can we send somebody to that conference instead of me? I'll do this work. I mean, I try to negotiate with them. Mm-hmm. And they were not really, just, they weren't having it. Yeah. This is, how, this is how it is. This is what you do. This is your job. Do it. We're paying you to do this. Do it. Uh, and my justification was, well, on the weekends, I just, I'll, I'll be home and I'll just drink all weekend because <laughs> I'm just like, I want to forget about my job and eat all weekend. Um, or go party all weekend. Yeah. Like, and then Monday comes and I'm back at the job again. Yeah, I know that sounds familiar to a lot of people out yes. there. Yes. Or, well, I do get three weeks vacation. I've been there now past five years, so... Mm-hmm. But then you can never take the vacation because you're still working. It, it was a whole cycle that just kind of hurt. And so you knew it was time to make a change. Well, I knew that I didn't like that job anymore. <laughs> um, and when I started thinking I want to leave this job, I actually talked to my parents in L.A. And I was like, is it time for me to go back to L.A. maybe? I mean, I'm kind of tired of San Francisco and it's foggy weather too. <laughs> the summers are cold <laughs> in San Francisco. They're cold. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was like, maybe it's time for a big change. And it was very scary because I had roommates and friends. And my kids and them were still in Northern California. I was going to be leaving mm-hmm. all yeah. of them to come back to L.A. And I've been gone for 22 years. Could I live in L.A. again? Could I do it? And my mom was like, you know, you come back to the house. We have a house in Inglewood. You can come back yeah. to the house and live there and figure out what you want to do. Um, I had just started doing some acting gigs. So I was like, well, maybe I'll come back and do some acting for a while and figure out, and I'll live off my, my savings and see what happens. And so when I gave notice, that was the deal. I was like, okay, I'm going back to L.A. And when I made the decision, though, it felt right. It was, it was oddly strange. And I say strange in the fact that as soon as I made the decision, I'm leaving San Francisco and I'm changing my life for the better, a calm washed over me. Yeah. So no matter what people were throwing at me before I left, because trust me, it was not mm-hmm. easy to be leaving, it didn't even matter. I said, I'm making the right decision. It was just a tipping point. I know I've had that before where I left a job and you have that, oh, what if, oh, what if, oh, you know, am I right. going to do it? Am I going to make it? But then, yeah, you make it and you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. Right. I got this. And you start seeing your job differently, too, when, yes. you, when you quit, when you give notice. Yes. You're like, suddenly you're not as invested as you were before and you can see it clearer. You separate you and the job. Yes. That it's, you are not your job. Right. You are you and this is the job that you're doing. And that's the lesson that we should carry while we're working. Yes. I mean, you are not, I, my identity was high, my identity was closely tied to my jobs, my employment. What was, you know, obviously now you Totally different. Nothing yes. to do with insurance. Nothing to do with ag. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> how did this become to do? Do want to do professional organizing, or how did? Where did yes. you start to find your passion? What happened was I came to LA. The we- I don't know what it was. This was 2009 January. The weather was beautiful. That was a start. Like, the, like, like I'm dead the lure serious. of LA, the beautiful oh, weather. The weather was in the 70s and 80s every day. <laughs> the sky was blue. And I think I, I've been in San Francisco for so long. I was like, I was, I was not this color, folks, either back then. I was way paler than this. My mother called it prison pallor. Prison. Thanks, mom. Um, and I, I just, it, it really enveloped me. And I had friends and family. I went to, I went to welcome back brunches and welcome back breakfasts and welcome back dinners and welcome back happy hours. It was like a party for me. So, and, and I think I really needed that though. I needed, to, I needed to decompress. Yeah. From 22 years of raising children, living in environments I didn't care about living in, doing jobs I didn't care about, just to be free. And I was turning 40 that year. I'm turning 40. Like, oh my God, it's exciting. I was really excited about turning 40. I was like, I didn't like turning 30 for some reason. But turning 40, I was very excited. And I just said, okay, well now sit down. I had no jobs available. I had nothing ahead of me except for one acting job on a show called Privilege, which only did one season. On what kind of show was it? It was on WB. Nice. Uh, or UPN. One of the, no, it was WB. And uh, it was a show called Privilege, and it was about these two sisters. And it was a great show. But I starred in the um, the season finale, that whole season and series finale. <laughs> Kathy Griffin was there. There was a gay wedding between two characters yeah. in the show, and I played like one of the brothers. And you get, I'm totally in the episode where my blue shirt, I had to do my own blue shirt, and I'm lifting him. And it was it was a fun experience. But that, and I had one commercial with the uh, uh, Can You Hear Me Now guy for back then when he had the other company. He was Verizon. Yeah, and yeah. We did, I did a commercial there out in Downey Studios. I did that. Those were only two jobs I had set up. Other than that, I had no jobs. And I thought, this is the first time since I was 15 years old I had no job. Were you? Was that exciting? Because you said you were really excited. I don't know. Is that a- It was exciting, and then it set in a little bit. I had no job. 
Yeah. What does that mean? I'm turning 40. What does that mean? What is I, – I realized I hadn't looked for a job in about 15 years. Wow. Because the last couple of jobs I got were through referrals. Yeah. Friends. You're not applying to things. You're not shotgunning out resumes. No, I had to. I mean, do I get a headhunter? Do I? There was like, well, what do you want to do? So I sat down. I tell. This is a story. I tell everybody. It's really quick. I sat down, got a pad of paper, wrote down every job I ever had, and wrote down all the positive of every job that I did. What I liked about that job, and things kept popping up: filing, customer service. Um, I like working mornings. Um, I don't like weekends. Or I mean, I had, all these things kept popping up, and I sent it to my aunt. Faith, I love you, Aunt Faith, who's my uh, spiritual advisor, and she's a, a pastor. She said, you have a business in there. Those three three or four, however many words they are, that changed my life. Because I was like, what do you mean? I always thought entrepreneurship was for somebody else. And then it goes for me. It's for somebody else. She goes, you have a business. I can't tell you what it is, but you have a business in there. And I really looked at it. And then I found a book while I was just out about my travels. Um... And it was an organizing book. And for some reason, someone said, buy it. It was like it was on sale. It was like half yeah. price book or something. And I was reading it, and I'm going, this is me. It was divine intervention. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even. And the names, the super organizer came to me in a dream. You just had a dream, and I was like, woke up, super organizer. Just like that, like a crazy person. Super <laughs> organizer. Oh, my God, I have Tourette's or something. Super organizer. <laughs> and I wrote it down. I had a dream the other day. I dreamt of a word called, the words were depressed horse. I say, I'm saying it on this show right now. I don't know what it means, what it's going to turn into. I only dream words like maybe once every five years and it turns into something. I dream depressed horse. I don't know what that means, everybody. Just, I'm just we're going to find it. Make sure you follow James Lott Jr. Yes. on Twitter to be able to see I, the revelation. I wrote it down. I don't know what it means, but someone said write it down. But it's the same thing as Super Organizer. Somebody said write it down. And I looked it up. No one had, no one had Super Organizer, which I was shocked. And then I, I started the panel. So what do I do? What do you do to be an entrepreneur? Like, I mean, I've ran companies before. I know mm-hmm. business and marketing. But I was like, what do I do? And I just started from there. I think a lot – I mean, I, I'll be honest. When when I first kind of thought about organizers, I mean, is that a, is that a big career field? A lot of people – Think oh, well. People are organized. What are you talking that about? Is, I, I organize myself. What is that? Is a great question actually because all of us we have new people coming to the business. Like I don't even make money off of this organization. Let me tell you something. Organization crosses color, gender, age, race, um, a class. It, it it crosses countries. It crosses everything. Organization, time management, and productivity affect. Every single person on the planet, whether you're two years old to 102, it's one of the few professions that everyone needs some form of kind of organization mm-hmm. to get through your day. Um, so, with that said, there's tons of work out there for everybody. <laughs> um, I'm, like I said, I'm part of this group called the National Association of uh, Productivity, and they just changed their name and, organ- and organization organizers. It is an organization that's all over the world, but it's all over the country, and there's chapters in every like big city, mm-hmm. and basically we're out there farming or farmed out there for people to get organized. I'm not talking just hoarders. We're talking small business owners. We're yeah. talking moms at home with three kids. We're talking young solo men who are out there trying to get their lives together. That we lose an average of 17 minutes a day trying to find our keys. Like that's that's mind blowing. 17 minutes sounds like, well, it's not that long, but it is a long time. 
Yeah. So we're looking for stuff. And you can you you know the more conversation we've had, it doesn't you could have papers all over the place on a on a desk and you're trying to cipher through it. And it's amazing to think about the time lost searching for things and being, you know, oh I'll get this later. I'll do this later. And then later comes and the stack is now this high. And think about the magazines. I'm gonna read that magazine. I'm gonna read the article in that magazine. I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah. 20 magazines later, they're all sitting there with articles you're going to read at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's sitting on a desk. So now you have no desk space because you have magazines you're going to read at some point, which you never do. Um, you're trying, you can't put your laptop on your desk because that's all. I mean, it literally stems from stuff. People who don't have trash cans. I have had clients who have no trash cans or very little of them. One here and one there. I tell people, you should have a trash can in every room almost. Because it's easier to throw stuff away. Yep. Trash, a lot of times, gets accumulated. It doesn't have to be dirty or messy. Mm. or It's papers. It's, it's ripped off things from food things you buy, food yeah. containers. They just sit on tables. They yeah. sit on counters. And how much does that affect your mental well-being of people who are living in those atmospheres where it's like another thing to do and another thing to do? Chaos. No- depression. Um, inertia. I mean, you just, you seriously, your house can tell you a lot about how you feel. Hmm. The outward appearance does affect, does represent your inward appearance. And I know people who have houses that it looks exactly like how they feel, exactly how they feel. And when it's clean and spruced up and everything's in order, I've had people cry, hug me, men and women. (laughs) Like, oh my God. I had a client the other day who told me, thank you, James, for giving my desk back. It's been four years. Four years of not being able to use something in a house. Time goes by fast. It happens. You Because you adjust to it. So I can use that desk. Well, I'll get a TV tray and I'll work over yeah. here today. Mm. Or I'll sit on top of the papers and I can type. I can kind of still kind of type. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you find your way. You find ways of adjusting to your mess. And you think you're winning, but you're not. I think that is... Uh, life thing. Like that literally what you said of you find ways of adjusting to your mess. You find ways of like instead of actually fixing the problems that are out there, oh, I can can make do. Oh, I can do this differently and it'll be okay. But the baggage is still there. This this is a this is a deep life. Well, you know, and that's the thing about when, when when I got to organization and I, my first clients, I really started. My first clients were hoarders, actually. I mean, I, I dove right in. I was like, okay, let's <laughs> go right in. And I and I really saw that when I'm there, for many of my clients, I'm a surrogate father, surrogate son, surrogate boyfriend, surrogate house cleaner, surrogate assistant. What I do is psychological. More, there's a physical aspect of actually cleaning up a space. But when you walk through the door, you have to be non-judgmental and respect their stuff. That's not always, and if you don't have that temperament, you mm. can't do it. I have it. I used to be a nurse, yeah. so I think I kind of have it from that. Uh, and I've had kids. I kind of I know how to treat people because yeah. I have my kids. But if you don't have that temperament, you can't do it. You have to respect their stuff, respect their space, and not judge them while you're there. That's that's the whole thing. There's a lot of hand holding. There's a lot of stopping and starting. It's not you just come in and throw everything out and you're done. That's just a band aid. That's not the answer. Mm-hmm. It's about Showing them habits, habit-forming techniques, showing them why this is better than that, 
it's a lot. That's why I became a life coach. So I write life coach later because I was like, I'm actually coaching them at the same time. There's times I have to stop and I coach. Then we go back into the actual physical organizing. It's a little about like they're kind of twin. Like I said they go hand in hand to a yeah. certain extent because of the way you're living impacts your organization. Why do you come home and just drop everything on the on the on the couch? And if you don't care about your life, and the couch now is such a mess, it makes you re really not care about your life. My life's messy anyway. Nobody can come over there. Nobody can visit my house. They can't see my house. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just, it comes. It's, a cycle starts to happen. And yeah, and you close off, and you close off. So nine years, the start of that, I mean, how hard was it getting into something that you had no idea even existed? Okay, this is why, because I'm actually teaching this next week at Naples Houston Conference. I'm teaching it on Sunday, March 3rd. I'll be there teaching this this course because we are entrepreneurs. Yes. This could go to, to actors. Directors, like anybody who's doing something for their own, you're an entrepreneur. It's your, it's your brand. It's your, it's your business. It's a word that sounds fantastic, yes. doesn't it? I'm an. What do you do? Well, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm self-employed. I am self-employed. I, I work for myself. Yes. And what does that mean? It's hard as <laughs> f. It is so hard. It is. I took business courses at um at Cal State LA for a while. Mm-hmm. Business management. I did that for a little bit. But I said I also ran companies and things. So I, I brought all that together. It really takes everything. About you, it takes everything about you to run a business, um, and you learn a lot about yourself while you're doing it. And I found I like being the boss. <laughs> I do like that, um, but there's a lot of the business aspects. Make sure all your tax stuffs in order. Making sure you know everything. It's that side of it that was so hard. The invoicing, learning how to invoice, coming up with the rules, coming up with the contracts. All of that I had to research and really put together. Doing the trademarks, doing the comic. that stuff takes it's paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. That takes so much time. And you and you knew this much of it. Yeah, that, yeah. I did from scratch. Everything was from scratch. And, and I had no problem asking people for help. That's the thing. Ask folks for help if they're in that industry. Ask for help. Ask for help. And some gave it to me, and it was fine. And those things I just learned on my own. I did. I, I'll research it. Research it. The internet's there for you. You might as well. You might as well use How did it. you find clients? Okay, so it's funny. I'm a grassroots effort. This is totally <laughs> what I was. I made postcards through Vistaprint, <laughs> made business cards through Vistaprint. They were on at a sale. And I went door to door and dropped off postcards. And someone was standing outside, so I just struggled with conversation. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, did you need anybody to do something around your house? But did that. Walking door to door? Yeah, walking. I pick an area and start walking. How many miles would a day? Ooh, no, would that, was a, do... that was a lot. I just pick an area. I pick an area. I mean, I had over 2,000 postcards. So and you went door to door, just handing these out mm-hmm. at age forty, mm-hmm. saying, "Starting something new." Do you have any need for this? That year, I started. Well, that year I began my my marathon train. I did three marathons at forty one. That's another wow. story too. So I was out there going, "This is great exercise." I'm getting browner from all the sun, <laughs> um, and I talking to people. So for me, it was great. I mean, I just, I just, I mean, to me, the old fashioned way does work. And my target, my target market was older people. Mm-hmm. So my specialty, if you want to know what I do, folks out there, my specialty is change of life. Retirement, widowhood, uh, divorce, even later marriage, mm-hmm. adult children leaving home. Um, I'm all about helping people who want to downsize. I'm about – my clients are 50, 50 years old and older mostly. I have some mm-hmm. younger ones too, but mostly they're 50 years or older. And so I go to these neighborhoods where they have churches with the church. And so my mom helped me get one client, my first client. One of her friends. She said, you need to hire my son. <laughs> and what this is what old people do, which I love. They will tell their friends. Oh, yes. 
This you can hire him. He's good. You're messy. <laughs> oh yeah, Mary's messy. Oh her house is like a mess. <laughs> no shame. Tell on her friend. Oh yeah, she's, she's horrible. You oh that Mary. That no, Mary. Oh Mary's just like yo, she's like horrible. <laughs> and Mary's like okay. Um, and that's how it happened. And, and I will tell you, nine years later, ninety percent of my business is referrals. Wow. I really have to like advertise or do. I mean, I am obviously doing that, but like. It's all so and so told so and so told so and so told. I mean, just, it's all testimonies. Everybody's saying James was good. You saw my house, right? Oh my God, James did that. So my proof, my my proof is right there in the proof pudding. is in the pudding. It's right there. They can see, they can see my work. They, it's like because when organizing, it's it, they want they need to see it. They need to see something tangible, mm-hmm. and you can show pictures and stuff. But when you can see it from someone's house and they're using it, that that that's the best advertising. We, we call it high touch. Uh, communication in the coaching world where high touch meaning when you're in front of them it's right there in front of them it's face. right there that's what you want you want you want to say here it is this is what James did last week wow that's amazing it looks yeah. great and how's it work it works great for me I love it okay give me James's number what kind of a test of your faith was that of starting out and oh referrals are great you're hoping that they keep coming but is that a it, is that a you hoping that they keep coming, especially to start of, okay, I got one. Okay, you got a next one. Okay, I'm hoping that this next one comes. What Was that a test of your faith? Was Ooh, Yes. The first two years of my business were not profitable. Like not at all? Nope, not- nope. And so luckily I was doing acting, so the acting made, and I had a saving, so that made me money. This was purely me trying to build a business. Two years. Two, two, two years, yeah. When I finally, oh my God, it was glorious. When I finally did my numbers that, it was like, it was at the, the halfway through the third year mark. Like, oh my God, I have a profit this time. <laughs> I have a profit. Oh my God, I have a real profit. Oh my God, oh my God. I, mean, I, think, I think I jumped up and down, was screaming. Ah! And I had an assistant at the time, my assistant was like, what's wrong? I'm like, we're well, making money. We're making some money. <laughs> um, it was, it was, but it felt good though, because I, I earned it. Yes. I earned it. And it was like, yes, it was those two years were tough. My thing was retention. Because you get someone to come in, you organize for, make say, you have four sessions for a month. Well, then, do they go away? I, was un- I had this unknown, like, what happens? Yeah. I mean, we have to get another person to replace them, right? What I have found is um, maintenance is one of my biggest, um, greatest things in my business. People need maintenance. Can you come in and spruce up the, yeah. the, the closet? You find ways to work with them still. Yeah, can you do that? We, it, oh, every every spring you come, we change out the clothes. Every winter, and then you mm. then you have them four times a year. Yeah, and it's like, so it starts to grow. So you get so. But at first, I was like, how do I keep these people? How do I get? Them? I mean, so I got three clients, but then they're all going to end at some point. Then what am I going to do? Yeah, can, can, can I keep this up? So it was more. Yeah, so that was that was the first two years. I was like, can I do this? Which I, I mean. But I never wanted to give up, though. There's some reason for this. I was like... That's what I was wondering. Well, because I had the other stuff going on. See, I'm a, I'm a multi-hyphenate. I always have several things going on <laughs> to back up the other. I you know, I don't know if you guys... Some of you guys believe in astrology. I'm a Taurus. I, I believe in security. So I'm always going to have something that's at least going on that's going to bring some money in somewhere. You can, you can pursue your passion, but you still have to put in the work somewhere to be able to finance your passion. Yes. I still am students. I'm still doing that today. I mean, that's kind of how I do certain things. I kind of have several careers going. Yeah. That so money is coming in somewhere at least. I have some kind of money coming in, so I don't feel like, oh my god, I have. I mean, I'm gonna be broke for the next three weeks. I'm like, no, I actually got money coming in from this and from that. Okay, I'll be like, now I can really fully focus on what it is I want to do. 
Kevin teaches that. Kevin Undergar, who's the founder of AfterBuzz, yes. always says that. His best saying to me, and I kept it from two years ago, he says, you should be making money while you're sleeping. He told me that. I love that saying. And he's right. I get royalty checks now because you know, I have music out and, and, and books. And so I'm, books. Making, I'm, making, I'm making money while I'm sleeping. Did you understand what that meant at first? Yes. You should have projects out there and things going on that are consistently giving you attention, uh, making you money on some level, uh, so that you're not always so, – because the grind can happen 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So whether your website's bringing you money in or this thing over here, or just, or just you should have things always kind of percolating and kind of keeping, keeping – and keep going while you're, while you're trying to pursue your stuff. And that it takes time. And it takes, it takes investment. I think a lot of people – think, oh, if I put in, I'm just going to put in a month of work, and then yes. it's going to be there. Yes. And, it, and it's not. Being in your 40s, you learn, hopefully you have learned, um, how life can be. So for me, I don't have the immediacy as when I was in my 20s and 30s. I, and I come, from a, I come from that last generation, Generation X, that believes you put in hard work. Yeah. It may take a while, but you'll get there. Mm-hmm. And many of the newer generations don't think that way. I think that way. So I'm always about, yeah. oh, it takes four or five years, that's fine. As long as I'm moving forward every four or five years, every year, I know that fifth year I'll probably get there. Because I'm that dedicated and I'm working that hard towards it. That's the belief system I come from. And it's, it's building equity in that. Yes. So while you might not be getting the financial benefit the mm-hmm. first you know, couple of years, or you might not be getting other assets from it, you're building the equity and that is invaluable sometimes. What happens is now my life is really exploding in that in my business because now they're saying, you've been around for nine years. So now the, the gravitas is happening. Now the prestige is happening. You've been around for so long. Wow. I didn't hear about you, but you've been around for that long. Mm-hmm. Like Now people are looking. Now it's paying in dividends for me now in terms of marketing and money yes. that now you've done this for nine years. I think of the restaurant that's like, oh, we're, we've been open 50 years. And, you, and you, you think to yourself, well, they must be good if they've been open for 50 right. years. Right. I, but to get to that 50 years, you have to put in the first 49. Yes, you do. So folks are now looking at me and going, oh, he's been around for – he has these, all these certifications. And so I, meanwhile, while I was a, not making lots of money, I was doing things to better myself. I became a notary for a while, so I was doing notary stuff. Like I was doing things like, okay, what can I do? I, so I, but it taught me to really be present – in life, and really pay attention to what's going on in my business. So if I have to change things a little bit, and like I said, let me offer some concierge services during the holidays, and that brought some money in. I was like, oh, that's kind of good, and keep that in mind every holiday. Like, I found it forced me to be present and look for ways to make money. I was going to say, what have you learned about yourself the past nine years? If you look back, how have you changed the past nine years and things that you learned of like I didn't know I could do this I didn't know this about me I'm calmer because I have a mouth on me folks (laughs) I come from a family of mouths Um, I'm much calmer uh, than I was nine years ago did you Uh, know you couldn't be that calm who knows back then who knows I was running my mouth (laughs) I don't know I mean I was I mean I was a good worker but I mean I just things pissed me off on everybody you know and I was just done (laughs) Um, but nowadays, I, I know how to shut up. I know when to shut up. I know when to sit. In the last nine years, I've become more faithful. Um, I talk to God all the time. And God steers me in many directions uh, for my decision-making. And I have no problem saying that. Mm-hmm. I have a great, that's, that's been something that's increased in the last nine years. Um, I just believe more. In the last, that's what I learned about myself, that now I can, 
I can believe and trust more that if I do hard work, at some point, someone's going to see it. And I'm seeing it come to fruition just right now. Um, but the other thing, the last thing I learned about myself in nine years was that I'm a doer. I've always been a doer. I've always been just, just do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> but I'm a doer. And now with technology and how things are these days, I'm able to do all things that I do really easily. Have your values changed the last nine oh, years? Yeah. I live with less. It's okay. I, all I need is enough money to pay my bills and take a few trips and go eat. That's how it's changed for me. And see my grandkids. That's all, that's all, that's all I really care about these days. Yeah. Before it was like, get all the money I can so I can get expensive with this and that, and that. I don't even care about that anymore. It's more about just having enough money just to be able to live, survive, save, whatever that is. And I don't think it's a bad thing to kind of go through those phases no. of wanting, going through the phase when we're all young and you're like, right. oh, but I want this nice thing. I want right. this nice thing. It's not bad to have that because it teaches you when you get older of like, oh, I guess I don't need that. What is the thing? I like beauty. I, like, I do like a few things. <laughs> I do like that. Um, I just go out to eat expensive restaurants. But no, I just, it just, but for me, it's not the end all. And I've learned to live with less. And I've learned to say, that I have not sacrificed anything. Because they have to sacrifice. It was not sacrifice. I just, I just adjusted my thinking of how I live, how I see things, how I view things. My, my, my thought process is much different. I've accomplished and gone through so much personally in the last nine years that it's, it's really given me a thick skin uh, in my personal life, professional life. You mentioned that things are coming to fruition and people are seeing you that you didn't even know how, yes. What have you learned with that in the past, what, six months of yes. oh my God. people, you never know who's watching? Right. That is the thing. Um, do good work always. Do your passion. Do what you love. Do it well. Do it for you. Everything else will come into your lane. You stay in your lane. I would say stay in your lane. Go down and just keep going. Other things will pop up. You never know who's watching. Who's going to pick up on it? Who's going to see it? And what kind of power they may have to help change your life? But just do it for you. Just, just, do, your, just do your stuff. Don't, don't worry about anybody else or anybody else is doing. If you want to make an album, then you make an album for you. You release it for you. Now, if folks pick up on it and like it, then that's great. That's the best of bonus. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it. Everything that I do is for me mm-hmm. first. Anything I do is for me first. And I think you say we were talking uh, last night about the the book, and you were like, "Why have I see a big increase in books?" Because it was attached to some other project that you had no idea about. But if you hadn't put it out, it never would have happened. Here's something that's really funny. So today, I just announced I'm going to be announcing on the show my new single. Uh, my soul needs cigarettes. It's my new single. It's my sister dreamt of that word, that phrase, and I wrote a song. It's actually a really serious song, actually, but it's a dance song um, from my upcoming first ever album. That's coming out in the spring. The album's called so- Songs from My Inside Voice, the name of the album. And I, I just from that, why I bring this up today is that it's really crazy. I did one song, I Am Ready. That's why that was like my little minor hit last year. And it was a one-off. But someone contacted me and said, James, you should do more music with your spoken word. I have seven singles released right now. And I have an album coming out. And I just recorded with an orchestra. So like they, so people are coming to me saying, I want to talk to you. I wrote a song for somebody. Someone came and said, let me write a song for you. Another example, um, my radio show, I got it from my blog. 
My brother said you should do a blog. I did a blog, wrote it for a year. Adrenaline Radio, shout out to you guys, came to me and said, you should do a radio show based on your blog. Never would have happened if you didn't do step A. Right. Step A leads to step B leads to step C. But also I did it for – the blog I did for me. I did it for me and my followers and we did it. And I wanted to be on radio at some point. I'd love to. But it just was never – I just didn't didn't worry about it. But someone saw it. Mm -hmm. That's my point. Put out good product. Put out the best you can and do it for you. And just be aware people could be watching you. Final piece. What advice do you have for someone who – 30, 35, 40, 50, whatever, and it maybe has that gut feeling that is like, Ugh, this is not what I want to do, but I've been doing it for so long. So is it worth it to just stick it out to retirement or follow something? What do you tell them? You will survive if you quit that. You will survive. You will survive. You will survive. Trust me, you will survive. Um, also, you should never stop dreaming. My aunt, who's in her 70s, dreams all the time. And that, to me, is an inspiration for me because I know for me I've had a lot of death in my life. And for me, those folks can't dream anymore. Mm-hmm. They can't change their lives. And I'm still here. And you're still here. So you can. There's all, you always have several choices. Always. Whether you see it or not, trust me, you have several choices all the time. So just do it. Do it for yourself. You'll trust me. You'll be so much happier when you do stuff for yourself. It's gonna be rough. I'm not saying it's easy, Mm-mm. but it's just you need to just never stop dreaming and just just do it. Fantastic, fantastic, James. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. I, it's again. I've I've always looked up to you and your story because it's it's one that is you changed. You literally were doing something until the age of forty, mm-hmm. and it was like no. I'm going to do something different. And now, nine years later, look at how incredibly successful you are. Again, the eight books that you have out, seven singles, you have an album. In addition to all your shows, the (laughs) shows here on AfterBuzz, the shows on radio, you're getting brought literally around the country to speak. Yes. (laughs) And you're up for this Founders Award, which good luck, by the way. Thank you. I know know you're going to get it. I know, seriously, (laughs) so much good stuff is coming your way. And it's all because you took that risk. And guys, again, there is the lesson for today. Take the risk. Take the risk. Jump off the edge. It's going to require some work. It's going to take long hours. It's going to take bruising your knee maybe once or twice. But the more you hit that wall, the more you can break it down and get through it. And that's where the success happens. Guys, thank you so much again for joining us. We are live every Monday here on YouTube. And we are also found on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Share the inspiration. Like, comment, subscribe. Guys, please, please, please do that. Always trying to just make life better for those around us. Yes. James has done just that. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.